good stuff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 119 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. The Superman Lover. And I'm joined here by my notorious co-host, former market maker, 20 years and current day retail trader. The man who's come from humble beginnings in Regina, Saskatchewan. He's went on to become one of the legends of the now infamous House Street in Vancouver, the Silverback. JJ, how's it going, man? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing real good. And I'm uh, I'm excited to bring to the listeners today a new uh, segment, a new episode format that we're going to be doing here going forward where we're going to have you break down, you know, tear inside and out some uh, companies uh, and give the people a, a good idea what to look for if they're looking for long-term investing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's uh, it's December, it's Christmas, and it's time where all the insiders are, you know, furiously selling stock so they can buy that new Range Rover for their wife. <laughs> so we, we feel that our listeners need to be protected from these guys. So uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, it's funny. It, ne- it never ceased to uh, to uh, amaze me, JJ, especially like here uh, at the end of the year. Uh, some of these moves, some of these uh, markups, and I always think, uh, you know, to our buddy Tony Duff. Um, oh yeah, in uh, the healthcare mafia stuff. It it's just amazing how, I mean, okay, traders and investing people and finance guys, we are really not that complex. We are a one trick pony. Every Christmas we rail things higher. So we get paid more in January and insiders love to cash out of deals. Um, and we have an example of one right here in mm-hmm. front of us. And, you know, it's, I think, um, I hate watching people lose money unnecessarily. Uh, institutional guys, they're fair game. You know, they know the rules, but uh, I hate watching retail people just get conned into buying and holding stock where the people who actually run the companies are just doing everything they can to sell at every single opportunity and um, diluting retail shareholders completely out of out of their investments. So, you know, we thought we'd do a little presentation today to show the anatomy of one of these things. And, uh, you know, and we're going to use a deal that just ran recently at the beginning of December now, Um just before we start, uh, you know, pursuant to Rule 17B of the Exchange Act of 1933, Ray and I do not hold in a position long or short in this company, nor have we even traded this. So we are, this is completely for informational purposes only. We have nothing to do with this company at all. Just to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. Yes. No, we're right. not. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I guess, I guess to to kick it off, and oh, just just a note for people who are listening on audio, uh, we do have um, on video. We're doing this. We have the chart up. So if you guys want to go back, uh, we'll be on the YouTube page. Um, we got the chart with some notes on it. So the the company we're looking at here, JJ, uh, the ticker HCDI um, Harbor Custom Development. Uh, exactly. Uh, I guess they're home built new housing operative builders, as I see like their title um, out of Tacoma, Washington. Have you have you ever dealt just just a sidebar before we dump it, uh, you know, jump into it. Have you ever d- dealt with anyone out of Tacoma? 
Of course. Um, oh, okay. I, Gig Harbor, Washington is where one of my best clients was. And, you know, he would do three or four deals a year. Washington state has, has some, has some good, um, you know, penny stock guys or, you know, had. And so I saw this was coming out of Tacoma and I was like, Oh, great. You know, the, uh, the Emerald state, because it rains so much there, but, uh, on this day they made it rain money. So, <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 how, how did they get on your on your uh, radar? Okay. Well, when I was a trader, I I worked for this company, and I'm gonna give them a little plug because this guy gave me a job after my heart attack when nobody would hire me. Uh, the company was called Equity Feed. It's now called Scans. Um, and uh, what what I do is every morning I turn on the software and I look for the number of trades in the pre market. Number of trades to me shows um, liquidity. Uh, the more number of trades in a market, um, the more retails in there. So I know that, oh, there's action, right? Because a stock could trade 5 million shares, but it could be two trades of 2.5 million shares double printed, right? But if a stock trades 5 million shares and there's 1,000 transactions or 1,000 trades, then I know that there's some liquidity there and that usually that it's being pumped. So uh, I'll turn on these scans at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. New York time, you know, when the when the market's open um, for the pre-market and the scanners will pull up just a ton of little and I'll just set my filter anything under six dollars. And boy, there is just an amazing amount of of product right now. In fact, I, if you don't mind, I'll just pull it across right now and you can see my screen, you know, so it'll it'll show the companies and it'll show the number of trades ranked down. Um, you'll see this company has 600,000 trades. Uh, the next one has 343,000 trades. And then, of course, being a, an old stock liquidator, I look at the dollar volume to see, wow, that's $530 million worth of stock, $194 million worth of stock. And my job in the old days was to be 30% of that volume on the sell side. So we were liquidating. So I'd always look and see who's doing a good job um, bringing in buyers um you know because that that's how you sell stock is you 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 know you show activity and you increase activity in fact you pay people to bring activity into a stock and uh you know they get out there on on the boards and reddit and whatever we have and and get you know people interested you know and uh that that's how they do it and that's how volume is generated and then as soon as the filters get tripped People run inside and and start, uh, you know, and start buying because, of course, you know, they want to jump on the train. So I was very uh, I was always, cre you know, creating liquidity. So my whole thing is, you know, I want to show people how this starts and how the anatomy of a pump actually happens. So that's what we have here with this case study. For sure, right. for sure. So, yep, yeah. What, what, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you just keep going with it, JJ. What do you think is a good cool. starting point? Cool. So you'll see here that the stock actually has, um, you know, a limited trading history, just under two dollars, and they just keep selling it down because most insiders are just selling and selling and selling and selling. What they do is they need money because these companies don't generate any revenue, so they look for outside sources of funding, and those sources will fund them at a discount to current market prices. 
So what happens is those insiders who get cheap stock for funding the company and letting the CEOs live their beautiful lifestyle, they sell. And of course, when they keep selling stock into a market, that's called dilution and it depresses price. So in this instance, we see the stock went to 20 or 30 cents. Then by magic, the company decides to do a one for 20 reverse split. So, you know, basically they are just beating the living hell out of the retail shareholder. You know, so if you have 10,000 shares of this stock, you know, now you have 500. Okay. And that, what that does is it allows them to keep their listing on whatever exchange that they're on, because usually if they fall under a dollar, then there's trouble and they get a delisting notice, right? But they have a year or so to fix that problem. So that starts off with a reverse split. Now, here's what's something that people don't under, that they're never told. The insiders, the people who are funding the company, their stock does not reverse split. Or if it does, mm -hmm. they will get another issue of stock that's fresh. So what this does is when they reverse split the guy out who has 10,000 shares down to 500, you are basically ripping off all your existing shareholders. It there's really it's just a very corporate beautiful way using lawyers of just robbing your shareholders mind. Okay? And the reason that they reverse split a stock is because then they don't have to buy back all that stock that they've sold at higher levels. You just, it's like almost canceling it out. So when they reverse the stock, of course, you know, it opens in that $10 range. And immediately you can see that it gets sold down from $10 back down to that $2.50, $3 range. As when that happens, this first move up is just a cut of supply. What they'll do is this is the reverse and they push everybody out. Once they've issued themselves some new stock, they run it and it's a quick pump and dump. This is, you know, this this particular chart is a daily chart. So they move the price from 250 to 12 in one day and then just sell right into it. Okay. Now, what happens is the funding agents on these things, right, are getting, they're getting their payment from the company. In this, in this case, I read the the filings and the company was paying their funding agent $634,000 every month, right? So that that move up actually lets them recover their money, but eventually the buying dries up because people are like, you know, people get wise. They're like, I bought it at 10, I averaged down at five. Now that it's at 250, uh, you're not getting any more money from me, right? So what happens is eventually... Those large funders sell, 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 sell. And you'll see right around here, the company will, they put out a news release or an 8K saying that they defaulted on their monthly loan payment. Now, this is interesting. When a company defaults on their loan payment, the funders who own convertible debt, all they have to do is just go to a judge and the judge will remove the restrictive legend from their stock which meaning any stock that they have is restricted is now free trading because the company has defaulted on their debt. We used to do this all the time, um, you know, when you do a shell deal. 
And that's how free trading stock is created. And we're going to be doing a course next year in the equities ETC and micro futures room on how to teach people how to intelligently invest and pull apart companies. These are the things that we're going to teach people how to look for companies that are susceptible to reverse splits, how to read filings so they can tell if someone owns a, a large debt on the company, which is convertible to stock. Those people are always going to have a lower cost basis than you who's buying in the open market. So as soon as the company defaults, the stock gets freed up from the people who have loaned the company money, right? So as soon as that happens, then you'll notice that the dollar volume and the volume starts increasing as those who have these convertible debentures and debt owing to them convert to equity and sell their stock to recover the debt owed, right? The dollar volume and the volume increases, but the price doesn't, which means that somebody is adding supply into the market. Those are the insiders and the debt holders, and they're going to liquidate before year end. Um, you know, trading volume spikes right after the smart money converts its debt to stock and liquidates. So that's basically the anatomy. You can see here that in this particular day, the stock traded $124 million worth of stock, 78 million shares, right, between a dollar and 218. And, you know, if you look at the stock right now, it's trading at 48 cents, right? After that, that big day, a few days later, a week later, the stock's under a dollar, it's under 50 cents and the volume's completely dried up. So what this means is for the days that it did trade volume, say out of that $124 million, the people who funded it, the insiders, well, they'll be at least 30 to 40% of that volume. So out of $124 million, they will have, have about 37 to $40 million in their accounts because they'll be a net seller. And that's how the big money is made. That's how these guys have a very, very Merry Christmas. While the retail shareholder gets left hanging out in the dry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, insightful for sure. Um, and I, I think I think the, uh, the obvious question here, JJ, is, you know, for you know, for us, you know, traders or investors, um, I guess from like a practical standpoint, uh, what's your advice if, you know, for people wanting to trade or invest this, I mean, should they mm -hmm. stay away from this? Uh, what's, you know, what, what are your thoughts you know, there? You tell people to stay away. They never listen. So I'm like, look, I'm going to tell you not to touch it, but I know you are <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Here's what you got to do if you're going to do this, right? I know that people can't help themselves, so I want to give them the tools to be able to trade it. If we trade it, we have to come up with a way and a process to trade that stock where you have a set process where, you know, if you are long, you're going to sell into strength because you know it's not going to last forever, right? Now, from investing purposes, right, when you want to invest in these companies, now, that's a completely different story, right? A, a stock trade has a defined risk parameter, right? When you go in, you know, if this doesn't happen, I'm getting out, right? Our our partner, Steve, you know, has, has really into these if-then statements. 
So if this happens, I can stay in the trade. If this fails to happen, then I'm out of the trade. So your risk is already defined. Now, when you're investing, people don't think about risk. So what we want to first do is find out, hey, is this, is, is this even real? So we're going to teach people how to read SEC filings in a quick way, teach them what to look for and what the warning signs are, right? Because there are a lot of good companies to invest in, but you would want to rather invest in something that's boring, you know, just even like McDonald's, right? Where if you look at the chart of McDonald's, that thing goes, does nothing but go higher, right? Because it's a well-run company, right? If I was to bring over McDonald's here and show you a monthly chart, it's a well-run deal, right? The company's health is indicated by the chart, right? Earnings are doing better. The insiders aren't selling ridiculous amounts of stock, right? It's a well-run, responsibly run company. That's so the sort of thing that you want to invest in. Once again, Ray and I hold no position in McDonald's. I'm just using it because it's got a very pretty chart, right? But that is what we really want to teach people. You know, what's the difference between a trade and an investment? And if you are going to invest, uh, you really want to get comfortable with that company, right? Because you're, you're investing and if you're putting long-term money into it, your retirement money, that kind of money, you really, really want to make sure that you're very comfortable with the way that company is being run and you know, you're very comfortable with um, the CEO and how responsible he's being, you know? So there are some big red warning signs that will keep you from investing in a company if you actually looked at a company. A lot of companies I can look within 30, 40 seconds of reading the SEC filings. When I see things like large employee uh, stock-based compensation, SBC, um, you know, large S8 filings, I know that that's creating dilution and that's going to put downward pressure on the price. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, I, I, I think back to what, it must've been like 2020 JJ, like 2020, uh, yeah, 2020, 2021, um, you know, everything was like high flying. Right. And like people were, you know, we saw it in the rooms. A lot of people were like falling for the these great sounding headlines you know our company's doing this our company's doing that and you would like look into the company like you said you could do it fairly quickly and yeah. you can tell when something's up and so like that's what's good about this information you know i know for some people it's hard to like they want to take like everything these companies say at face value right um and this this yeah. what jj's talking about here is, is giving you the true story is giving you like you know uh the, the real nitty-gritty of what's going on here yeah, unfortunately, you know, a public company is supposed to be transparent. Um, but, you know, you've got to remember that they're run by human beings and they do have agendas. And nobody wants to lose, you know, nobody wants to lose their job. Uh, nobody wants to go from driving a Bentley uh, to a beat up Toyota. Um, you know, and these these people, their their main instinct is to protect their cash flow. And so they will sell the dream. You know, the stock market is all about selling the dream and it is an exit mechanism. You know, the stock market is an exit mechanism for smart money, initial money funders to get out of their investment and, and turn it into cash. Um, so when we take on that position, um, is the company being run responsibly? Are they just you know, are they going through money like crazy? 
Um, you know, are they issuing a lot of stock to consultants and employees? Um, you know, are they financing the company at deep, deep discounts? All those sort of things are really, really important. And uh, they can really help um, an investor really quickly go, mm, that's not for me. Let me look, keep looking. Um, you know, because we really want people to look between the lines. And, and the other thing that we're going to teach people how to do, and Ray finds this always amusing, is how to read in between the lines of a news release. Um, uh, you know, yep. you know, like when a company says we are pursuing strategic alternatives, that's really just double talk for saying we got nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. It's you always know? funny to me. It's always so funny to me, JJ, the, the headlines. <laughs> it's you know, strategic alternatives, um, you know, it's th those kinds of things are, uh, are and, kind of like. <laughs> and you know, you know what I think it is, too? It's like a lot of times they're using like these like real fanciful words. Right. And I think people oh, yeah. just like it just goes over their head, maybe. Or like they're just like breezing through it real quick, you know, exactly. and like it's, you know, and once you've opened my eyes to it, it's like you can't unsee it. And it's actually fairly, I'd say fairly straightforward to read between the lines here. Oh, yeah. And the biotech companies are the worst because their news releases look like a Ph.D. doctoral thesis. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I can't understand them. And I've got four years of university microbiology. I have to show them to my girlfriend who's got two Ph.D.s and she can actually decipher the news release. But really, it's it's all just advertising, you yeah. know, um, you know, and they got to keep the dream alive. And and that's what we want people to understand. And, there are good companies out there run by by responsible people uh, who are honestly trying to do the right thing. And what we want to do is, you know, and some of those companies do well, some of them fail, right? Unfortunately, because, you know, they might be trying to do the right thing and have the wrong business model. But at least if they fail, honestly, that's a different story than when they dilute the shareholder you know, and they're just using and abusing their shareholders. And um, that's what we want to try and educate people on, especially in the investment scenario. Uh, trading is, you know, another thing. We'll teach them how to trade. That's not a problem, you know, because your risk is defined when you go into that trade, you know, um, and it should be, right? We should always be using stops. And, you know, there, there's a reason why we took that trade. If that reason doesn't exist, we shouldn't be in the trade anymore. And we take that same mentality into an investment. Uh, but with an investment, when you're, when you're, you know, especially if you can't watch the thing, you know, your job is to invest and you hope that the insiders and the people running the company are doing the work that they need to do, right? So you need to really get a good foundation in figuring out what's real and what's not. For sure. Don't fall for the next Webistics, folks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's going to wrap it up here, JJ, um, unless you, you had anything else to add. No, no. I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and hope they have a, a great, great holiday. And, uh, you know, we're very thankful for all our listeners listening this last year. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Happy Holidays. Uh, safe trading here at the end of the year for the grill of house street i'm paulie walnuts you stop so